I'm just going to talk from back here. Basically. <laughs> All right. Wasn't it great? That was a super good introduction. I feel like you guys should be, like, expecting a football player or something with that extraterrestrial whatever sound. Just lay it down. You want to put it? Just put it somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Don't let it roll. After that sound, I don't know what's going to happen this evening. Yeah. Don's got my back, so we're just going to bust out Kirk Franklin if all else fails. So be prepared for some gospel. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, so hi, friends. Um, you guys, the derecho last week only hit my house. You should know that. In that um, and so the Lord really loved me well by canceling crash, so thank you guys for loving me well in that way. Um, but no, seriously, a big wind thing came, and there was a, Taylor can attest to it, looked like there was like crime scene unit, um, but a big wind thing came and knocked down this telephone pole and destroyed some trees, so it was like a little wind tunnel thing, whatever. I'm going to call it a major tornado, and I survived, so we're going to go with that, and thank you guys for not coming, so, um, so I appreciate that, um, so yeah. Um, we have been talking a lot about words, right? The power of words, what words mean, what they can do, what they can tear apart, um, the anger, right, that we can speak in our words. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about the healing power of words. Um, the word healing is a little, I'm going to interchange it with life-giving because I feel like that is what healing is, right? It's bringing something um, from pain um, to life, right? Um, and I kind of wanted to reference this really quick. Do you guys remember at all what this is? I'm not a, like a school teacher, but I'm going to be like, let's talk about this. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? No? No? Okay, so we talked about this in that what our, and Crystal, correct me if I'm wrong, but what our heart, hearts believe, right, becomes our words, and that becomes our fruit. That becomes like our actions and what we do right? So this cycle, we're going to kind of dive into a little bit of where those beliefs come from, where those thoughts come from. Um, And so I wanted to say something that not many of us do, right? How many of us talk to ourselves? Yes, everybody! You guys, I talk to myself all the time. Um, What? (laughs) Oh gosh, Veronica does it in British. That's for another night. Um, (laughs) So I really do. I talk to myself a lot. I'm a big processor, so I'm, I'm typically thinking a lot. And so if you're going to have coffee with me, if I'm sitting one-on-one with you, oftentimes I'll just start saying my inner thoughts, and it's just going to come out, and I apologize in advance and in the future. So one of these stories is pretty great. I was on the phone uh, a few years ago with a dear friend, and I was living in Nicaragua, Lots of crazy chaos was going on, and I had been praying for a few months and weeks um, that the Lord would just bring up out of out of darkness um, and just bring up life and light um, out of what was going on in this kind of chaotic time. So I called my friend, and I was like, "Man, I just can't believe it! Like God is moving, and it's so beautiful. It's so awesome to watch." And I just 
kept talking, my inner thoughts, you know, those moments when you're like, no, but I said it, and I was just like, well, you know, I'm just so proud of what God is doing and what the Holy Spirit is doing, and the Holy Spirit is inside of me, so I'm going to make some cookies, and I'm going to eat those cookies for the Holy Spirit, and my friend was just like, what? What? Did you just say that? And she started laughing, and I realized what I said, that that was an internal thought that is best kept in the head of Ashley, so... I've got lots of silly little thoughts like that that I share sometimes with friends, so much to your delight. Um, So anyway, so those thoughts can be really silly and funny, right? Um, And then sometimes those internal thoughts that we have can be not so silly and light, right? They can be heavy and weighty and hard. Um, They can be lies that we believe and lies that we speak over ourselves, right? And so I'm not in that boat alone, guys, right? Yeah. I'm going to need some feedback. Um, So, because this is interactive. I'm not up here alone, y'all. But that's the thing, is that our thoughts come in our brain, right? And they go really, really fast, and we take them as truth without looking at them, without dissecting them, without saying, "Uh, I don't know about this. We just take it, and we believe it, and we live that out. And there's a reason why that is, is that it's scientific, science, in that our brains have little synapses, right? They've got these little things. I want you to imagine these are synapses. And when we have a thought, it bounces from this one to this one. And it's like, ching, little electrodes, right? And every time we have a thought, and it goes to this little synapses that says it's truth, a little trail is left. And every time that thought comes in your brain, for me, those thoughts that are negative that I have to submit to the Lord um, are thoughts like, you're stupid, Ashley. Why did you say that? Right? Eat cookies for the Holy Spirit. Come on. They'd really just be for me. Or, uh, I can't do that. Like, if God is asking me to do something, or if a friend asks me to do something, I'm not good enough. I shouldn't do that. Right? Those are the things that I get hung up on. We all have patterns. We all have things that we get hung up on. Your hang-ups? probably aren't mine. Mine probably aren't yours. Or they might be, and we can just all be friends. So with that, every time I tell myself, Ashley, you're so stupid. You shouldn't have done that. Or you don't deserve that. Every time that thought passes from here to here, a little trail's made, a little indention, and it's actually visible if you take your brain and cut it all up and look at it in microscopic. I'm a little bit of a nerd. So I'm going to break it down in that way. But it creates this little trail, and it creates a little divot, a little indention. So the more you think, the more it digs it out. Does that make sense? You guys on board with that? So to break it down even more, I drew a little, a little exit ramp. And I think really visually. So I wanted to help you guys. There's a little box on your paper. Um, and I want you guys to try to draw however you want. Um, your brain. This is your brain. This, like, remember that commercial, like, this is your brain on drugs? <laughs> this is your brain, like, just not checking thoughts, right? So this would be one synapses, and we've, we've got a thought coming in to a roadmap. So our brains um, are, I want to kind of, for us to look at them like, and highway, right, where we've got north, south, east, west, on-ramp, bypass, all this stuff, okay? 
So we have this thought that comes into the road, and typically we go on autopilot, and we go the path of least resistance. We're easy. We're humans, right? We don't like resistance, nor do our brains. So we go the path of least resistance, the one that's been dug out enough, mine that's been dug out enough, is you're stupid. So I would go this little path of least resistance and exit off of you're dumb, and that's truth. So I want us to really take time tonight to think about what we tell ourselves. Those little things that seem little, um, that aren't so big. Like one for me would be, Ashley, you're so clumsy. You can't have that pretty thing. I literally tell myself that. That seems so insignificant. But when I put it up to who God is, and then when I put it up to what his word says I am, it's not insignificant. It's a lie. It's not true. And it's something that I am believing and telling myself internally that has no weight with Scripture. And so I just wanted us to look at that first in ourselves, in what we tell ourselves, because we talk to ourselves a lot. We are discovered that. There'll be counselors outside for us later. Um, we've already discovered that, right? We're all in that same boat that we tell each other things or we tell ourselves, excuse me, we tell ourselves things, and we believe them. And they come on our little highway, and Siri says, exit right. And we do, without looking at it, without realizing. And so it actually affects our daily life. It affects um, how we live, how we walk out things, how we walk towards things. I know it affects my relationships this way. If I'm thinking I'm stupid, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to move towards what God is asking me to do, or I'm not going to move towards the freedom in Christ that has been given to me if I'm believing this thought that just comes in and I'm like, yeah, that's true. And so I really want us to look at that tonight. I want you guys to, in your little boxes, write what your exit ramps are. What your ramps are that say, this is true, yeah. And it can be light, like, I'm clumsy, and I really am, um, or I'm dumb, or I'm not worth it, or nobody cares, I don't care about me, different things, because we all have them, and I want us to get, I'm asking us to be really, really vulnerable, and I understand that, I do, because this is a journey that the Lord has had me on since day one of following him, of, all right, let's look at these thoughts, and scripture says, to think about things that are true, noteworthy, honorable. That scripture was in our uh, notes this week from healing. And, um, and so that is something that I often have to surrender to the Lord and put under the submission of Christ. As difficult as it is, as hard as it is, to be vulnerable in that spot of saying, hey friend, this is what I'm believing about myself. Help. That's hard. And I know that I'm asking you guys to do something hard. But I've been there, done that. Doesn't come with a t-shirt. Sorry. Um, and so, yeah. So right now, we're going to be talking a, a lot about those internal thoughts. How to get those exit ramps closed. And how to get a new exit ramp. Now, mm, it might feel really, really good if I go to a friend and say, Hey, here's the exit ramp where my brain is taking me. Here's where... I'm thinking, here's where I'm acting and believing because of those thoughts. 
So a friend would say, well, that's not true. You're really smart. They're like, oh, okay, cool. That's going to last for a little while. Because what's true is that, yes, my friend spoke life into me, and that's great, but I'm not choosing to believe it. I'm not choosing to intentionally change that exit ramp. And we do. We have to intentionally choose to change that in ourselves, to say, all right, I'm hearing that, telling myself that, cool. I'm going to choose not to believe that. And then it's in, you're stuck in this kind of weird in-between spot of, I don't want to believe that I'm stupid, but I don't believe I'm this. And so how do we get from here in this weird spot that it just feels weird and awkward to here in saying, all right, yeah, I'm going to walk in this truth and choose to close down that exit ramp and retrain my brain. Because that is literally, you guys, that is literally what we're doing. And that you have to retrain those synapses, right? Um, Really nerdy. (laughs) We have to retrain those synapses in our brains to fire different truths. And to go to the truth and not to a lie. So we have to be really mindful of what we're saying to ourselves, what we're saying and believing and walking out. And so... For me, what has been the most beneficial is what God says about us and who we are. Which doesn't mean that I stepped from, "Eh, I think this is kind of true, to, all right, I'm totally believing God. It's an intentional choice of walking it out minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, friends. And it's hard but it's worth it. And that is the beauty of this life, you guys. If we love Jesus, if we are in him, if we know him, he is always worth it. Always. In that, if we're stuck in this spot, and that sometimes, sometimes it can be really light in this spot of like, I'm believing this stuff. Or sometimes it can be really, really heavy, and I'm believing this stuff. But God is worth it. For us to say, Okay, I choose to believe what scripture says about me. I'm going to choose to believe it. I'm going to choose to walk it out. It doesn't feel true. It doesn't look true. And it sure doesn't smell true. But I'm going to choose to walk it out. And that's where God meets us, friends. Is that when we choose to walk it out, obey him, walk towards him in that truth, that's where he is. And it's so opposite from what the world says, right? but it's a beautiful thing. So with that, I want us to picture in uh, Lamentations, it talks about how God the Father um, sings over us. We've used that scripture at Blue Ridge a couple times, like the Lord sings over his children. And the way, um, sorry, shedding. The way um, the Hebrew text reads is that it's kind of like, we've all seen like a mom or a dad hold a child, right, and just rock them to sleep and sing over them. That's the phrase um, that scripture used when it talks about that. And so I just want us to picture in this, like, really beautiful, intimate way of that we're on God's lap. He's holding us like that, and he's choosing to sing over us. Sing over us his truths about who he says we are. 
And that is just so beautiful, so heavy, but yet so light in that we get to hear that, believe it, and walk in that. So some of the things that scripture says about us, um, in Colossians it lists off a ton of things of who we are in Christ. And he calls us blameless. He calls us free. He calls us built up. We have been made complete in Christ. We are called oaks of righteousness in Isaiah. We have been pulled out of the miry pit and put on a firm rock. All throughout the scriptures, friends, it talks about who we are in Christ. The words of healing, the words of life that Jesus speaks to us. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the validity of scripture, right? John 1.1, 1, 1, the word is God, the word was God, and the word was with, was with God. So with that, Jesus is the word, right? So Jesus speaks life into us, into our brokenness, into our hang-ups, into things that we don't even think are broken, but sure are broken. And so friends, for us to listen that we are sanctified, we are called near, we have been given grace to come to the throne of God. The God of the universe calls us near. He calls us adopted. He calls you chosen. You've been chosen. You've been anointed. You've been forgiven. You've been called a child of God through scripture. You're loved. In 1 John, it talks about how God lavish his, lavishes his love on his children. He gives good gifts to his kids. And so, friends, with that truth in mind, with the things that I read out, and those are just a few, um, I want us to really kind of dig in tonight um, with our tables, with your community, and really kind of open up um, first yourself. Talk about these exit ramps. Talk about things that your brain is just exiting on and choosing to believe. And let's find truth. Let's find scripture that we can put up against that for one another, for our internal thoughts. So with that, have fun. So we had some really great Siri GPS-driven trails, right? That led us all to happy land, right? No. Carter's table did. Carter, Carter's table went to happy land. They did. Yay. You guys hearing about the, the off-ramps that my table talked about, it broke my heart because literally we could all just sit around, did we not? We all just sit around and we're like, yep, we all believe that. Yep, she's speaking for me. And they were just so painful, right? That Just to think that my friends over there, my friends right here, my friends right there, we're walking around with all those lies, with all those things that we're choosing to believe. And I say choosing deliberately because we have another choice, right? We have another choice that we get to hold up scripture really, really high and say, yep, that's true, 
and we get to choose that one. How kind is Jesus to us? Super kind. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, and one that I love, and some will laugh, and it's Matt Chandler. Uh, I love him a lot, you guys. And my goal is to be BFFs with him and his wife and be invited over for dinner. So if you know him, no connections, call me back there. No. So I was listening to a, a sermon of his one day, and I just loved uh, this quote that he had. And he had a rephrase of the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right? You guys all know that. Words hurt, though. Um, and I think he said it just so beautifully, so I'm going to quote him. Um, but it's not just because it's Matt Chandler. But he said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will crush my soul. You guys, that's so true. It's so true. But Jesus has come, right? And he wants healing for our souls. Not just for our minds, not just for us to be like, yeah, I'm good. But he wants us to live and breathe and move and do more from healing from our souls. And out of that doing more, we get to use our words with one another. That's the, that's the one another. That's the so that, right? Blue Ridge likes to put a so that. But it's scriptural. It is. In that Jesus has come and spoken truth and healing into my life so that I get to do it for you and for you and for you, like Oprah. Truth for everybody. <laughs> you guys, I wish I was on Oprah sometimes. So... Jesus is just so kind to us. We see that throughout scripture. We hear that. We see it here. Um, And he holds out who he wants us to be, who he knows we can be. If we're living in obedience to him, he holds that out for us until we're able to believe it and hold it for ourselves. So we get to do that for one another. We get to hold out that truth and listen to our friends where they're off-ramping here and here and here. And we get to say, but here's truth. And we don't stop at my table. We talked a little bit about our appearance. Us women, we struggle with that, right? Saying, "Ah, I don't really like that. Hmm." But I never land there. I never stop there. Because that's not the thing, right? If I'm beautiful, my life is not going to change. Y'all seen Real Housewives of whatever, right? My life is not going to change if I'm beautiful and if I believe it. It might change. I might get a little snappy. What's going to change is where I know where that beauty came from. What's going to change is where I know I was made, why I know I was made, what purpose we were given, right? Those are the life deep soul-healing words that we need to hear, that we need to first speak to ourselves so that we can then speak to others. And who better to look at than Jesus, right? Now, Jesus had lots of disciples. We know this, right? I hope so. So Jesus had lots of disciples. One of them uh, that I really relate to is Peter. And he was a fisherman, and his name was originally Simon. Jesus and scripture are all into renaming people, and I love that. And so Jesus saw Simon. He was a fisherman. He said, you follow me. And Simon was like, all right. 
So he started following him. And Jesus spoke life into him by giving him first a new name and saying, you're going to be fisher of men, and I'm going to call you Peter. Peter means rock. And later on, Scripture tells us that Peter was the rock that God built his church on. So that we can even look at Blue Ridge Community Church, do a little family history, and we can trace our church roots back to Peter because he's the rock. And I love that, that Jesus brought this fisherman, right? So I think just average person, so we're average people, sorry. And said, you're my rock. I'm going to do this with you. Now that was before Peter had doubted, right? Doubted him three times before he was crucified. That was before all these little mess-ups that we read about But Jesus knew that Peter was going to do all that, right? Because Jesus knows it all. Jesus knew that Peter was going to say, no, I don't know him. Not once, not twice, but three times. He even told Peter he was going to do it, and he was like, no. But he still chose him. And I want you guys to see that, that he knew all your mess-ups, and he still chose you and said, here's your purpose in me. You guys, that's so kind. And so when we get in community, God asks us to walk together in community. So Peter walking in the, with the disciples, being led by Jesus, who better, um, got to be a part of that. Got to be a part of Jesus speaking life into him and saying, I'm building you up. And here's why. Here's where we're going. So I want to fast forward. There's a scripture on your paper. So we're fast forwarding to Acts 3. And it's Peter and John. John was another disciple, so they're buds. And they're walking to a temple to pray. And temples, uh, your average Joe could go, but if you had anything wrong, like leprosy, or uh, were lame or unable to walk or blind or anything like that, you typically hung out at the gates, begged for money, right? So here's this man that sees Peter and John walking. And Peter walks at him. And I love the scripture. It says, I'll pick up a little bit after it starts um, on your paper. He said, when he saw Peter, the man that was sitting, and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from him. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So, what did Peter and John use? Words. Good job. Thank you. Use words. Didn't have silver. Didn't have gold. 
He had Jesus. So if we have Jesus, if we know him, if we have a relationship with him, that's all we have to give, and look at what it did. It gave life. It gave a man the ability to stand up and walk, to walk into a room, to pray, to worship. And then what happened after he worshiped? I'm really asking. What happened after? He went into the temple. Did everybody just be like, eh, it's a lame guy that just walked. No big deal. They rejoiced. Thank you, Taylor. They rejoiced, you guys. They rejoiced as a community that came around him. I imagine this being such a celebration of like, what just happened? Right? You guys, this happens still today. We might not have a woman sitting outside the gate right there begging for money and we just pass by her. But we just heard about a lot of brokenness. We just heard about all these little off-ramps and exit ramps that we believe that are holding us back from what God is asking us to do, from the purpose that God is holding out for us to do. And we don't have silver or gold, at least I don't, but I do have Jesus, sure do. So I have the power and the ability to speak life into someone when I hear this. And we as a community throughout scripture were called to come alongside and untie the binds of sin. The binds of sin, the binds of lies, the junk of life. There's another story in scripture that I want to talk about just a little bit. It's in John 11, if you'd like to know. Um, It's the story of Lazarus. Jesus loved Lazarus a lot. And he died, right? We all know that a little bit. Um, so he died, and he was buried, and he was buried for a few days. So he was like, dead, dead, dead. It's not just dead. He wasn't coming out, sorry. So Jesus and his disciples, they came, and they, whatever, were like, okay, yeah, he's dead, dead. And Jesus wept, shortest verse in the Bible, trivia quiz. And Jesus looks at the tomb looks around. I'm sure there's lots of people around because I'm sure there was lots of confusion of why is Jesus here after this man's been dead, dead, dead. So Jesus said, well, he said first, take away the stone. And Martha said, but Lord, by this time, there's a bad odor and he's been there for four days. I don't want to move that stone. Would you? I wouldn't. And he said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So then they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and prayed to his Father in heaven. And then he said in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he did. He came out. The dead man, it says, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. So he didn't come out like, woo, yes, I've been dead, 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 I smell good, I'm free. Right? He came out with 
cloths and linens all tied up, even his face. And then I love what Jesus said to the crowd, I'm sure that was around, right? He said, he said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And that is so much of like what Peter did for that man that was sitting there begging. Is that he said, I don't have anything, but I have Jesus. And in his name, let's go. Get up. So here's Lazarus all tied up, bound up, hobbling out, rolling out. I don't know how he got out, but he did. And Jesus looked at Lazarus' community. Jesus looked at Crash and said, untie her. Release her. So we get to use what little we have, but it's oh so rich, the little that we do have, and oh so powerful, and that we get to come alongside our sisters and say, oh, that's not true. And here's what is true, that you're chosen, that you're loved beyond belief, that you have a purpose, all throughout scripture, we can see that, friends. And so we look at that example of how Jesus first saw Peter, called him out, called him a new name, rose him up, and then Peter got to do the same throughout his life here on earth. So Peter represents each one of us in this room, human, mistakes. Y'all don't have any mistakes? All right, cool. Bye. Just making sure y'all are still with me. So I just want to really hammer home, like, how many mistakes Peter made? <laughs> because I think sometimes we put these, these Bible characters that we hear about on pedestals and be like, ah, I can never be like that. When Jesus was going, uh, when he was preparing to be crucified, uh, he told Peter, went up to Jesus and said, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, I think you should do something else with your life. Right? So he's like flexing this muscle of, I can speak life into Jesus, and I don't think he should go, you know, be crucified. And you guys, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. He called him Satan. Oh, whew. I've never been called Satan by Jesus. Thankfully. So I want us to really see that Peter's not any different than us, you guys. He's just not. And also, Peter's relationship with Jesus isn't any different. Because Jesus is here, he's alive, and if that's true, he's here. And we have to think of him as a man in that way that we have contact, we have access to him, same way. Same way, friends. And so we get to speak life into one another. We get to bring life out of death. And we get to rejoice with one another when we do move into freedom. As a community, individually, as a church-wide whole. How different life would be if we did this really well. If I did this really well how different life would be. 
In Proverbs 18:21, it says, "Death and life are the power of are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits." Friends, let us choose to love life-giving words, not only for others, because that's easy, but for ourselves. To really love those life-giving words for ourselves, to have them flow out, and then go to others, so that we're not telling people a whisper of a truth, a shadow of a truth, so that we're telling people a real truth that has penetrated our souls in order to change our first us and then others. So let's be women who get hand in hand with Christ, with one another, walking towards truth, walking towards how we can do that well. And we talked about tonight how we do that well is with scripture, for ourselves, for others, for keeping that as true, for going deeper and deeper. So let's do the tough work of filling in our trenches, of changing our thought patterns, closing our exit ramps, making new ones making new thought patterns for ourselves and helping our friends to shut down these exit ramps so that we all live in freedom. And it's hard. We talked about it at my table of like, I, I do, I look up scripture and then it stinks the next day. Yeah, it is. But he's worthy of it. He's worthy of that in our obedience He's worthy of that struggle. He's worthy of us saying, this isn't working, and us keep going. That's the thing, friends. We have to keep going. His word is faithful, and he's there. And so our next two questions is how we get to speak life into one another at our table, how we get to build one another up, And so we're going to practice that a little bit in answering it and speaking truth. So yeah, friends, I'm going to pray for us uh, because this is just super important in that if we believe this, how different our worlds would be. So yeah, Uh, Jesus, just thank you so much for your truth, for your life-giving words. Father, thank you for your kindness that as many times as I fail you and as many times as I don't believe your word, you still hold out who you say I am. And so, yeah, I ask for the courage for us to step into believing that more and to step into bringing life out of death. And I pray also in your name. Amen.